0: Welcome to the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast, the show dedicated to bring you the news from the oil patch deep in the heart of Texas, with your hosts, Ryan Ray and Josh Shelton.
1: Welcome to the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in to episode 56 today. I'm your host, Josh Shelton, my friend and co-host, Ryan Ray. Ryan, another week, man.
0: Yeah, Josh, it's, a, it's another week, but it should be 57, and... Uh... Boy, I'm going to take the heat for this one because uh, I, I'd like to blame it on you. I really would. I <laughs> thought all week how I could blame this on you, but I can't. Um, so real quick, last week, Josh and I recorded an episode, and I went to edit it and all that good stuff. And uh, we're, we're trying out new software, and uh, so I've been playing with some settings. And so I was trying to work through that. And unfortunately, Josh, when I say the, the file, I you text was corrupt, it's corrupt in the sense of it's gone, like disappeared off my hard drive. I checked the trash. I checked everything. The sucker is gone. So this is 56 part two, technically. And uh, the worst part about it was, is you spent probably a good 20, 30 minutes last week just praising me for winning that award and how great I was and how awesome I was. And, you know, I brought tears to my eyes. You say all those things and we lost that. So you could go ahead and repeat those kind of words if you like. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll let you start now. You know, you got 30, 45 minutes just to just to just to riff with it.
1: <laughs> well, well, Ryan, I think uh, due to your uh, due to your losing the audio file, I think we got to shorten that praise down a little bit. Uh, you did win the one to watch at that uh, Energy Expo, which was which was really cool. Unfortunately, I mean, I think we had a pretty good show last week, Ryan. I mean, we had a couple of written reviews we went over. Uh, we had two new, two new written reviews on iTunes uh, that, that folks, I think, April 6th and April 7th. Um, I didn't even think to get those out to reread them, Ryan. So we'll, we'll definitely get to that. Uh, and we had another five star. So three five star reviews, two written reviews. So a lot's happened since uh, the last show.
0: Yeah, we'll be sure to read those written reviews next week's episode. Um, I know one from, our, one from our friends over at U.S. Safety Sign and Decal who were at the Pipeline Energy Expo at the Patterson event with me. Um, really the the short Cliff Notes version on the One to Watch board. And this is important, Josh. I have laid down a challenge. Cage match, no holds bar, um, hell in a cell type match for next year's One to Watch nominees. Kind of a real rumble. We'll just get in the room. They send them in, and you always kind of go through it to see who wins. And um, I'm here to defend the strap year after year until I get taken out. So, you know, if you want to be watched, then uh, you gotta you gotta knock me off. I, I think that's only fair.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the only your only, the only concern would be uh, if I get it next year, because then it's definitely going to me.
0: Oh, I hope they. I'm gonna nominate you. I'm gonna nominate you just to get you in this dual cage match. Don't worry about that. That's. That's a good point. i didn't even I didn't even think about that.
1: Hell in the sale here, man. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Well, Ryan, we uh we I think last week we covered we covered several shows, but we have a guest coming on this week, uh Leon from uh he has a website called uh info-no port-report dot com, uh where he tracks tankers. So we're gonna have him coming on the show here shortly. Uh, but we have several things we want to jump into before we get him on.
0: Yep. And, and Josh, real quick, right before you do that, a couple of events I need to plug. So we got the YPE event, um, which is May 24th. And unfortunately, Sasquatch, a.k.a. Josh Shelton, will not be in attendance. But I will be there MCing that thing. And Pudge Rodriguez will be there. We'll be hanging out. Um, I'll be there on the 13th hole all day. And uh, there will be crawfish and fun times so if you want more information about that hit me up right at globalenginemedia.com i think it's 75 bones get you the door and it should be a good event they do have sponsorship opportunities still available i can hook you up there too um but the sasquatch himself will not be there so you won't get that pleasure um to see josh shelton in the wild in his (laughs) native environment um also our sponsor josh a free hundy if you want a free hundy with drilling info slash courthouse globalenergymedia.com slash courthouse will link to the show notes and you can get a free hundred dollars um, right now today sign up no questions asked and uh, thank you to them for sponsoring the show and to work with us on this deal we're really excited about that and um, so a lot of good stuff going on Josh uh, I got excited about the event um, I'm kind of glad you're not coming if I'm being honest with you because uh, when you get out in the wild you can kind of create problems and so it's good to you know I know, the, I know the listeners would like to see you, but I'm kind of glad you're not coming.
1: Yeah, it may have been an early cage match or something out there. It's crawfish bowl. It could have got interesting. <laughs> well, Ryan, uh, jumping into some of the articles we have this week, we have one that came out that, uh, man, I, I was reading through it, and I think it had a, a lot of things that were pertinent to kind of the oil and gas market, especially with uh, the climate in our country right now. But the, uh, the article is from MRT.com. And Wayne Christian is quoted saying that there's a misunderstanding about the oil and gas industry and it's making millennials shun oil field jobs. Ryan, how true is that? I mean, have, have, is that your experience when when you, you know, the perception of the public and millennials uh, toward the oil industry is largely negative?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously in Texas is going to be different than in, you know, Los Angeles, California. Um, but I do think it brings up a good point here. Um that we need to make sure that, you know, the younger generation understands what we do. And one of the things that we do, Josh, on this show um, is, is we frame the conversation around oil and gas saving lives. And that's important. If you look at the people who oppose oil and gas, it really comes down to a humanitarian type argument. Um, they think we're killing people. And so, therefore, they don't be a part of it. And so w- w- what I believe that we should do on some level is to make sure we're framing the argument saying that we're we're saving people, actually. This is how you save lives is by using oil and gas. And there's a thousand different ways. And the the second way is is to say that without oil and gas, um, you're basically going to die in the heat of Texas or the winter in Alaska or wherever. And and so I don't think the younger generation understands that because – the population at large doesn't fully understand that now some people understand you got to have it for this or that but the depth that oil and gas you know encompasses our lives is impossible for just about anyone to sit around and constantly think about so um you know me and you are young guys josh and that's why we do this one of the reasons we do this show to bring news to bring information to the public so we encourage you to share this show if you like it also i got a book coming out on careers and there's not a lot of good career guides out there we hope to I'm not saying this one's going to be good. We'll, we'll see. We hope it's good. But, um, you know, global energy media, we're trying to do stuff that, that will engage this younger generation, um, um, through books, through podcasts, through various media outlets and, uh, and and open their eyes because, um, I had a show, as you know, called the global energy, global energy leaders podcast. And the thing on that show I learned, Josh, was that most energy professionals, whether you're on the right or the left, really, you care about getting energy to people. People need energy to live. And, there's a lot of heated arguments that happen, but we have to make sure that oil and gas professionals remember that we're getting energy to people and people need the energy that we provide um, to, to live. That's just, it's just basic. And um, the younger generation doesn't always understand that. And I think as we talked about on the show before, the biggest thing is, is the leaders of the progressive left. They understand it. They're just liars. And so we got to make sure we call them out on that.
1: Absolutely. absolutely. And Ryan, I think, uh, you know, I've read over that careers book and I think I mean, the job opportunities and career opportunities in the oil and gas industry are just immense. So I'm looking forward to that book's release. And I hope that, uh, you know, some of the listeners make you know, if any of them are young or or know someone who's looking for a career that uh, great opportunities, hopefully they can share the book with them. And uh, if I was 16 or 17 years old, I would have loved to have something like that because there's so many opportunities in the industry and most of them are just um, most of the general population has no idea of all the different avenues there are to go and uh, and be really successful.
0: Heck, I don't fully know. I mean, we're doing a book on it and it's still like there's you know, there's a lot of stuff that we didn't even cover just because there's so much, you know. And so, uh, yeah, but hopefully it's a helpful tool.
1: Absolutely. Well, uh, Ryan, we have uh, something that we talked about a little bit last week was the the road situation. And we know we, we don't have that that audio up. Ryan, but uh, they there's a follow up this week where they're actually trying to find a solution to fix some of these road issues with uh, with some of the taxes. And let me uh, let me pull down here. So what's happening is in areas where there's a lot of transportation of oil and gas, especially with uh, with trucks, the roads are getting tore up. Texas is getting a certain amount of money uh, from in taxes, one to two billion a year. What they're saying is is that the taxes is not being distributed based on use. So if uh, if there's, you know, 25 roads being used 90 percent of the time, those counties that have those road issues should get the the bulk of the money. And they're saying that there's been some issues with particular areas not getting a high high enough percentage of the tax money to fix the roads where they're being used most often. So this uh, this guy, James White, he has um he proposes that we take 2% of the money collected from the state's oil and natural gas production and give it back to the counties where it was produced or transported through. Uh, so that's his, that's his, uh, proposal. And so that's what they're trying to do right now to fix those roads.
0: Yeah. And, and I know we're running against the clock here, so I'll keep it short. A couple things. First off, um, Anytime you get the money back to the local level, it's usually going to be a good thing. Um, not say that local government is going to spend it better or more wisely, but the constituents in that area can hold their uh, local officials far more accountable if they misappropriate the funds than at the state level. Um, you know, if, if the, I live in, in Hood County, Texas, there's 55,000 people in the, in, the, in the county and 13,000 in the city of Granbury. I don't know where the mayor lives at, but I would imagine if I wanted to go knock on his door and ask him, hey, why are you doing this? I could probably go track him down. Right. Um, If I'm going to talk to the governor of Texas, Mm -hmm. that's just not happening. Um, And so you you have a little bit more as a voter have control. The other thing I would say is, is that um, anytime we deal with the government, at least for me, I want to think about the injured party and who should be um, paid. The injured party here are the constituents of these counties. And so the money should be going there because that is where the money is being generated from. Um, And so I know we're not going to get a big thing on government and taxes and all this stuff, but I would say that my, my, my core belief would be yeah, if Hood County or DeWitt County or whatever county is producing this 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 this, this money, then it, maybe there is a pretty good argument to be had they should be getting back more of it than the state because the state's going to use it for other things. It has nothing to do with that county. And, uh, of course, you get over all kinds of rights and arguments that we're not going to get into today. But, no, th- th- they had to do something. The final thing I think we talked about last week, Josh, was um, maybe lowering the taxes on the oil and gas company but creating some kind of toll system in the counties that would allow – um, the big trucks to be told yep. um, and, uh, or you know they get to pay a yearly usage fee or something like that. Uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot of ways to skin the cat. I know the companies um, would probably be willing to sit down and have those conversations. Uh, and so um, lower the taxes and let, let the locals figure it out is my, my yeah. thoughts.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, to me, uh, you know, one of the things that we, we discussed, but I think the consumption tax ends up being if they can lower the tax on the oil and gas industry and then add a consumption tax for specific companies, and this this would be just kind of pay as you go. That way, uh, the people who are doing more transporting pay more taxes. I think it ends up being the 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 best the best solution. Well, Ryan, we have uh, another article. You know, we we joke sometimes about renaming this to Texas and Mexico Oil Oil and Gas Podcast because uh, there for a little while, man, Mexico was. It was all over, uh, you know, the Permian Basin and, and the relationships that were being created there. But we have an article that came out this week, uh, World's Most Indebted Oil Major Faces $84.5 Billion Threat in Mexican Presidential Race. So, Ryan, uh, not a lot of time here. I mean, when you read over this, what's what's some of the key points we'd want our listeners to know?
0: Yeah. So the key point is, is that you got the leading candidate, which is, um, I'm not sure I've got the gentleman's name right, but I think it's Obrador is how you say it. And um, they have the election coming up and he's talking about actually rolling back a lot of the licenses uh, in the energy reforms that have been done. And... You know, on my other podcasts, we talked about this, and I think this would be a terrible idea. I, uh, for a lot of reasons, it would basically destroy the Mexican oil and gas economy, um, as we know it, and, and all the steps that have made. Um, y- you know, we talk about government, we kind of pick about out, about not know what they're talking about. If he's serious, if he's serious about what he's talking about, he is completely oblivious to the, r- the real world. Um, now, with that being said, two things. I talked to someone who has an office on the ground there in Mexico City, one, They they aren't saying that he's going to lose, but they are saying that the the sentiment on the ground is maybe he's not nearly the front runner that he's been made out to be. And the second thing is, is they're thinking that it's uh, from their kind of sources locally that it's a lot more hype than it is actual substance to what he's saying, which would be good. We don't want this to happen. It would be terrible for Mexico um, as someone who loves people and loves the people around the world. I always want what's best for them. And this would be a bad thing to roll back the energy reforms.
1: Absolutely. absolutely. I, I thought uh, I was so hopeful with uh, with some of the developments here recently. So um really want to keep an eye on this because the opportunities for Texas oil and gas and the opportunities for Mexico are just, they're huge. And it would be a great thing if uh, if if everything could keep rolling forward. All right, today we have a special guest. We have Levon Ivanov coming on the show. He has a website at info-report.com if you want to go and check out some of his uh, some of his information on his website. Leon, what's up, buddy?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, I'm here. I'm Leon. And yeah, the site is a port-report.com. And info, it was just a, a part of an email. So if you want, just anyone wants to drop me an email, it would be info at port-report.com. But the website is port-report.com com so it's basically port report i make reports about ports
0: <laughs> well thank, th- but not <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for getting josh in line there leon we, we 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 struggle to keep him in line around here so it's uh it's good to see someone keep him in check um so i i think i found you on twitter a while back um putting out these interesting reports on tankers and stuff like this why don't you kind of tell us Um, What got you interested in the business and just kind of what your site is about real quick before we have some we talk about Texas.
2: Okay, yeah, so, um, like, uh, about two years ago, I was uh, wandering around, and just the internet, I was uh, interested in investing, and uh, in particular, I was uh, interesting in oil, and uh, then, at this point, I uh, realized that there is uh, quite a lot of data, uh, and this is very messy, and uh, good data would be quite... Uh, Quite uh, expensive and not really available for the general public. I mean, that uh, many reports are based on a um, few sources like EIA or IEA uh, and, uh, or APEC reports, and they're like normally obsolete. On the other hand, like uh, data for tanker, uh, from tankers, a uh, fresh data would be uh, normally again ve- very expensive and cuz and then i realized that actually buying this data and crunching the numbers would uh, be relatively cheap so the unit economy would work and so i decided to dive into this uh, business area cuz like before that i was um uh, I was quite familiar with the data, with the crunching numbers, because I'm like a data geek. And uh, so I just decided to dive into it. And then I. And then I developed my, uh, then I was just digging into this area, and eventually I uh, developed my uh, algorithm to just, uh, to deal with this line of sh- lines of shipping data, where does the ship go from, where does it go, and uh, so on. Does it really go where it says it it goes, this is like the most difficult point. Um, And then, yeah, uh, I started just uh, at first it didn't work that well, but then I improved like plan versus uh, fact analysis. And eventually, yeah, it does uh, pretty good. And for today, I prepared like I checked PADD3, me versus, uh, versus EIA import. And, uh, yeah, they pretty much correlate. Not exactly 100%, but, yeah, when usually when it goes up with EIA, it goes uh, up with me. And uh, it, it's about, like, 70% uh, times right, yeah. Which is not perfect, but still uh, could be uh, a good indication for uh, those who want to trade oil.
0: Right, right. Well, Let's talk real quick, I think, on the show, our main... Um, port, at least we talk about here is the port of Corpus Christi kind of give us, you know, what information that you have or you, you, you track as, as it pertains to the port of Corpus Christi. Um, and then the kind of the thought that would be is, you know, I know one of the things we're talking about, uh- is here in Texas is expanding that port. Um, what impact could you see if we were to you know, deepen and widen that port and bring the super takers in? Uh,
2: well, um, what I see, uh, I have uh, been tracking from uh, the beginning of 2018, and I see uh, in in early 2018 it was uh, pretty stable with about from 100 to 200. Uh, thousand barrels per day. It continues so throughout January and February. And then in March, uh, for the first two weeks of March, nearly half of March, I saw a decline of tankers going to Corpus Christi. But then again, from mid-March up until um, early uh, April, I see a reasonable rise of the traffic of an oil going into Corpus Christi. So it's like an average would be, would be, would be. Let me tell you, it would be about one hundred and eighty thousand barrels per day.
0: Yeah. And 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 real quick, that's coming in, not going out, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's coming in. Yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, like w- w- what I see there... Um in terms of maybe, um, can you please tell me when was Corpus Christi uh, port expanded so I can tell you whether I actually see this on my uh, tanker data or not?
0: No, they haven't expanded it yet. They're talking about it, and uh, that's a big discussion here. Is that you know the super tankers can't get all the way into the port, and so they're looking to widen it and dredge it so the super tankers can get in. Um, they get in some of the way. They got and then they got take them back out and refill them, so they can't fully stock them mm-hmm. in the port, and so. Um, you know, I didn't know, you know, if you look at something like Corpus Christi where you can't operate that kind of, kind of that, that full capacity, maybe versus a port that could operate at a full capacity, you know, how much actual oil are we losing compared to some of these bigger ports around the world?
2: Uh, Well, uh, I can tell you now that uh, Corpus Christi uh, now is uh, not the major, even in Texas, it is not the major port where all coming in. The major one overall is uh, like Galveston and uh, Houston area, including GOLA, uh, Galveston offshore lighting area, which uh, with an average average, Uh, flow of 1.2 million barrels per day. This is like really major. And in terms of uh, development of Corpus Christi, it is likely to compete perhaps with Galveston. This is what I can suggest unless uh, U.S. is going to uh, increase overall um, import but uh, which I don't know if... uh, And I don't really think it will do, but yeah. So currently a major flow goes to uh, Galveston area.
0: Right, right. But we have a lot of, one Mm -hmm. of the things here on the show we talk about, we have a lot of pipelines and stuff that are going to Corpus Christi and they're wanting to expand the port to help with um, a lot of the stuff that's going down there to be refined. So one of the things I'm curious about is, Mm -hmm. you know, I think there was a story uh, two weeks ago that broke about um, from Louisiana to India you know, the, the first LNG uh, tanker from the Chenier deal landed where are the where are the tankers, um, if you have maybe a percentage or just kind of a rough idea, the tankers from Texas, where are they going to around the world?
2: Oh well, uh, I have this data indeed, but uh, for um, especially, I, I should have pre- uh, like I uh, I should have prepared it because like it takes time to get these numbers. I can just make it at home and return and tell you again about LNG for today. I prepared crude oil. Yeah, on no, no, the, yeah. yeah, that's fine. Crude oil's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. And also, like in terms of uh, Texas, yeah, like ma- major pour is, is Galveston um, and, and surrounding. And the second one uh, are probably, um, like second one would be Sabine Pass and uh, Corpus Christi is on, is only the third. And again, let me repeat, it uh, reasonably, um, it receives slightly more oil on average in the last uh, several weeks. Yeah, and, okay. and also like some very minor, uh, very minor ports of Freeport, uh, just like it just exists. It's te- In Texas, I marked it because it is not close to Galveston or Corpus Christi or Sabine, uh, but uh, yeah, it just receives some ver- very minor amount of oil. Yeah, uh, And in terms of uh, if we talk about um, Texas uh, in general, um, Texas accounts a reasonably high share of PADD-3. You know, yeah? PADD is Petroleum Administration Defense District. And PADD-3, um, just for uh, some of your uh, listeners who might be new to it, is an area of um, U.S. Gulf, including four states of Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama but not including Florida. And basically, yeah, it doesn't go much to Florida because there is also St. Petersburg, not the one where I live. Uh, that one is warmer, but uh, I literally no, like oil is going there. And so um, if we compare uh, Texas to PADD3, um, Texas is nearly 60% of oil that goes uh, into the Gulf. So, PADD3 is just Gulf, in, um, in other words. Uh, so it's, uh, And this share has been, like, relatively stable, maybe with the end of March, about some uh, 70% going to Texas. Um, and now it just goes down to average of, like, 52, 57. So, yeah, on average, it holds pretty confident of uh, 60%. Yeah,
1: Leon. Uh, just just out of curiosity, uh, would you happen to have uh, numbers that would compare uh, import versus export and in Texas? Like, what's the what's the ratio with the uh, the oil that they're importing versus? All that they're exporting out of Texas. oh
2: uh, well, for today I have only importing uh to Texas data. No, no, okay. no, no exporting. Sure. Can at you the break
0: down for us where the imports are coming at sure. from around no the problem. world? So you know are they coming from uh, the Middle East, uh, Venezuela. Um, where are these imports coming from?
2: They're coming from uh almost uh, every. I can tell you how much is coming from uh, from uh, beginning from uh, like um early um 2018 so it would be um it would be quite a lot uh hold on there there are quite many countries on my list and um uh and uh, you can uh, name some country and i will tell you how much if you want we can do it this way yeah. For example, if you want Venice Venezuela, um, uh, that would be, um, that would be um, in total, um, that would be uh, to uh, 2.1 million uh, tons, which is around, in barrels, it would be around uh, 16, uh, about 15 million barrels, which came from um, Venezuela. Yeah. And uh, for any other country, I just need to, uh, I would need to just have a closer look. Yeah.
1: I see. So, as far as uh, as far as ratios, I mean, Venezuela will that probably be one of the one of the biggest uh, imports of? Uh, I mean, if you compared that with we're, we're somewhere that we import a lot of oil, around? Right? I mean, do
0: we? Well, like Saudi Arabia versus Venezuela, Saudi, yeah. would be kind of interesting because you know, we need the heavier crudes to mix with our, our our here. So, Venezuela has a lot of heavy crude, but um, I'm just curious, you know, how much they've you you know, the question there would be like how much. Um, did they have? Have it been? You know, has it been going downhill since their production has been going downhill? So, yeah, okay, uh, but yeah but maybe
2: in terms of like uh, Venezuela yeah it, it is slightly going downhill but like f- from what my experience shows about uh, past tracking is that when media says that something is going downhill like it was popular to talk about uh, Venezuela about uh, a year ago or uh, slightly more that it is already going downhill there are rumors everything is down but at that time is it was certainly not going down it was pretty stable and the same was in Libya then it it, it there were always news that like uh pipelines are exploding there is like civil war east uh eastern guys are like attacking western guys and uh, all the pipelines are burnt and everything is in mess but not really that is not what was um uh, the case uh I- at that moment because like at that time it was like going pretty stable and uh, what what i see like what really uh, tanker uh, tracking data taught me is that uh one should not really overreact on what media says because uh people want news and market pretty much overreacts. Um, I uh, came to this conclusion myself and then I read it uh, basically today at the great war, uh, at uh, the comments of Art Berman. He says the same, that media like reacts to to some stuff which and in the long run a market is driven by fundamentals and you should really like pay more attention to other countries that are not uh, that are undercover uh, that are undercovered. say like Indonesia is uh, uh, there are no news about Indonesia and this is like uh, their country importing oil and uh, they are the fourth uh, largest uh, population
0: yeah we talk about that on the show a lot that you you read these weird headlines Um, there was one a few weeks ago that, uh, maybe a month ago, and it said something to the effect of oil prices rose as potential meeting between President Trump and North Korea is set. And we, we laugh because it's like, why on earth are the oil prices mm-hmm. even uh, impacted by a potential meeting between two two dignitaries? There's no date set. There's no location set, no timetable set. It's just that they may meet. And so um, on the Energy Week podcast, we poke fun at that a lot, that, that, that there's a lot of headlines out there and stuff that really does it? you know and over you know the analysts overreact and, and part of that is is the traders themselves they like volatility in the market to make money and so they overreact to news by their nature just so they can get the price to move a little bit but um so leon we're gonna get you out of here i know we are up against the clock i'm sure you are too um let's this let's, let's plug where you're at on uh, where i found you which is at port underscore report and it's at Port underscore report on Twitter. You, I see you've got some beautiful looking charts up there talking about Venezuela to China, um, China LNG, and other things. And then you have your website, which is port report.com. Why don't you tell folks what they can find if they go to your Twitter or your website and uh, what services you offer?
2: Yeah, uh, the guys can find me both on Twitter and on the website. Uh, There is so much data that I put it on Twitter, but I would say to navigate there is difficult. So guys need to go to port-report.com and there, uh, as as long as the volumes of data are huge, computer calculates them. And uh, if uh, the guys want more precise data or... If they want a report uh done uh, their way not necessarily about port but about anything about uh, like all related lng related any um any Uh, hydrocarbon um, like uh, transferred by tankers related for any period of time for any ports they just need to contact me directly and uh, uh, we will agree the price and yeah this part of what I do is for money because this requires um, not only like computer-based work but also manual uh, work and so that's why I refine I polish uh, the numbers Um, yes and uh, so People may choose, they either get something for free, and this is like approximately, but reasonably well, or they get um, something for money. In this case, they get it how they want and of a very good quality and of uh, good very good timing because uh, they get the information before it appears uh, on the uh, on official report like EIA but um, in terms of like official reports I think EIA is one of the few sources in the world uh, that uh, good uh, that does uh, very good breakdowns for uh, U.S. data. Unfortunately, other countries don't have it, and so that's why the people um, analysts should refer to. Uh, to the services like uh, the one I provide. Because some countries are very obscure, like uh, Iran or uh, China is quite obscure, or Indonesia, uh, while they actually provide um, quite important numbers in the long term. So if you want to understand what is going on, I think it's a must to uh, just to get into some uh, service like mine.
0: Okay, so let me, re- retrack, let me recount this here. So if, if they want to get a free account, um they can go on there and yeah. sign up for a free account and then as long as they, they're they're accept they're happy with the data that's provided on the free account, that's free. If they want to get maybe some more specific type questions answered, that's a paid service. And so they go to port-report.com, port-report.com, port-report.com. They can sign up there. Leon, thank you for coming on. I know we, we tried to get you on a few months ago. This morning we kind of had scheduling issues and whatnot, but we appreciate your time. And uh, you know you got an interesting service here that I know folks we have, especially with the Corpus Christi stuff going on, um, would be interested to know what's going on there. And, and obviously around the world. So thank you for your time today.
2: Thank you, uh, George and Ryan. And just I want to remind to your re- readers that the data that uh, your readers, uh, your listeners got now about Corpus Christi and other ports is not available uh, for free anywhere else. It's just available for big money. And your uh, guests have basically exclusive and first access to this data.
0: Well, we do appreciate that. That's that's really nice of you. And um, so thank you for that. And thank you for your time. Um, and hope to have you back on here in the future at some point. Okay, thank you. Bye. Okay, well, thanks, to Leon, for coming on from port-report.com. We'll be sure to link up to that in the show notes. Hey, before we get out of here, don't forget the YPE event is coming up May twenty. 20- Fourth, I'm excited. I will be there. Pud Rodriguez will be there. Um, a former Rangers catcher. You need to be there. You need to come eat some crawfish. You need to hang out. Um, there's information on at Text One Guest Podcast on Instagram. Uh, you can email me, Ryan at Also, send your questions, Ryan at Hey, we've got some ratings. We're gonna read those plugs. I know the folks at US Safety Sound Decal sent some and some other folks. Um, really appreciate that. iTunes is where you can do that. And finally, I'm going to leave you with a free $100. Josh ain't here no more. It's just your boy, a free hundy. Globalenergymedia.com slash courthouse. Globalenergymedia.com slash courthouse. Go get your free $100 right then. And uh, be sure to tell them that we sent you. For Josh Shelton, for Leon from port this is Ryan Ray saying, until next time, keep climbing.